0: From Michael Tumlin Designs, this is Creatively Brief. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of Creatively Brief, a podcast for creatives, by creatives. I'm your host, Michael Tumlin, and I'm happy to welcome illustrator Darren McGee to today's show. Hey Darren, how are you doing?
1: Uh, it's a pretty loaded question these days, but for the <laughs> sake of time, I'll just say I'm doing good. Thanks
0: for asking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you taking time out of your day and out of your schedule to sit down and talk to me. I think uh, we've got a really interesting kind of list of questions to dive into here today, so I'm excited to jump into it.
1: Same. Let's get it going.
0: Yeah. So before we get too deep into anything, can you kind of tell us about yourself and your work and sort of where you are in your career right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um I, I define myself as an illustrator and that sort of, you know, often leads uh, to questions for people that are not really sure what that means, but to put it bluntly or, or concisely is I draw things for a living and that um, ends up being a lot of draw, drawing for myself and drawing for, you know, just my own creative energy, creative output And then that's led to client work as well. And so I would say at this point in my career, um, what used to be about 50, 50, I think it's probably a little bit more like 70, 30, 70 being, uh, my work that I sell, um, through prints and, and, uh, on on the shop on my website. And then about 30% being client work, um, which I try and err on the side of encouraging people to license existing work because I'm kind of, um, I don't know. I, I struggle a bit with with client relationships because, um, you know, it's dealing with people and dealing with egos and dealing with uh, needs and, and such. So, you know, I, I think it's always easier for me to just be in my creative mode and to put out work uh, as much as I can and then have people sort of um, have interest in existing work. And so at this point, I feel like I am I don't know, an artist who just creates a lot of work and people kind of find ways to utilize that work for whatever their needs are. And so I think I've, I've definitely carved out a bit of a, a unique neat niche, niche for myself um, in the sense that uh, I feel like I'm not too beholden to clients most of the time and that I get to kind of just create uh, freely and then sort of work comes from, from that. It's... Um, something that I never planned and something that I've found myself in and, and something that I'm still sort of navigating and figuring out as I go. It's really just um, kind of a real-time experience as as I'm in all of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. That's definitely a unique situation to be in, I feel like compared to a lot of the people on social media. Uh, and it's something I've talked about a lot, but like for my design Instagram, like I use that as a way kind of to do what you're doing where you know it's, it's separate from client work and it's not... It's not that I'm creating something for other people, but it's just genuinely for myself and what I find interesting. And I think anytime that you can get yourself in a position where you're creating and kind of making a career out of, you know, making the art that you want to make, I think that's incredible. So big congrats on that because I'm still, I'm still working on getting there um, and your work is
1: awesome. It's really, really cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it certainly came from a place of um, not really having had a plan, not really setting out for any real, intentionality and what I wanted from a career. And so it, it definitely started in, in with the organic foot forward of just like, I I have a voice, I have a, I want to, I have things I want to express and I'm going to do that. And then it kind of came the, the, the career aspect of it came kind of out of nowhere and, and sort of was surprising and caused me to have to sort of catch up on a business sense of just like, I was a dude who was just drawing and sharing my work. And then suddenly I'm like, uh, I'm, you know, I have I have responsibilities and obligations to people and to, to suddenly just find myself in a business has been definitely one of the more difficult aspects of it is having to catch up with the professional aspect of it. You know, I never I never wanted really to be a professional. I don't I don't take myself all that seriously. And then and, and really having to like, you know, sort of play by the rules within you know, a professional realm is, is certainly something that I still sort of struggle with a lot.
0: Yeah, and I think that's common with a lot of uh, artists, designers, things like that. We, we get into the field because we're passionate about the art side of things, and the business is sort of something that I think we're we're almost like forced to get ourselves into mm-hmm. if we want to be successful. Um, but no, that's, that's an interesting progression of things for sure. Yeah. So how did you kind of find yourself in the artistic field? When you were growing up, were you like interested in drawing, or was this something that kind of developed later on in your life?
1: Um, I think there was always an interest. Um, I, I'm, I'm blanking on his name now, but he was just a couple of guests ago. He um, he does like really cool, colorful, um, kind of abstract. Uh, he did a typography challenge not too long ago. I think he's Is last, it uh, Wa-
0: Hank Washington? Yeah, Hank Washington. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Totally. Well, I was he he was talking about the, to the same question of his brother, his older brother being being the artist and, and him kind of trying to like from him a bit. And, uh, and I feel uh, definitely resonate with that where my brother, older kind of, you know, someone I looked up to drew really, really well. And, I, and, you know, I tried to emulate that. And, and so I was always kind of in the background drawing a little bit drawing for, you know, never really at all taking it seriously and thinking that it could ever, ever be anything that I would make a living from. And so I think it just ended up kind of being this creative outlet that, Uh, I still to this day find to be super approachable and super just um, it's really easy to draw, to, to find yourself, you know, waiting for a a plane to take off or being anywhere where you have any sort of idle time, a piece of paper and a pen and you're, you're off, you're, you're off to the races. And I, often think about people who, you know, have much bigger, um, grander sort of uh, uh, passions that that involve, you know, whatever, sculptor or, or right. uh, ceramicist or anything that you can't do unless you're in your studio. And so I just think I found the approachability of it really great. And kind of as a child, I used to kind of lose myself in these little worlds that I would create. And so there was always that interest, um, but never, never uh, seeing it as like, I want to show people, I want to like Show how serious I am with this, or really even just like share it in any sort of capacity. And so it was always just kind of a little thing that I did in between, um, you know, just idle time and and that sort of thing. And so I think it wasn't until just a couple of years ago that I actually kind of had a little bit more awareness around it and was like, I want to sort of see where I can take this. And even then, in the early stages, it never—it just really like it never crossed my mind that I could make a living doing this. It wasn't until I was starting to make a living that I was like, oh my God, I can make a living doing this. So there was never really a plan or any sort of foresight or anything really that led me to this. It just, I sort of felt like I woke up one day and I was a professional illustrator illustrator, and it's still very, it's shocking to me for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think also like, it's another thing I've kind of talked about a lot on the show, but like one of the most important things on social media, I feel like is being genuine. So I think when you're approaching it from a place of like, this is something you're passionate about and it's not from a place of like, I want to make money. I think mm-hmm. it, it, people see that and, and I don't know what specifically is different about it. And, Cause like if it's a design being posted, it's a design being posted, but people pick up on that. So coming from that place, you know, it, it's, it makes sense that you've kind of gotten it to the point where it is now.
1: Yeah. And I think just on that point of, of sort of like being, um, being a part of your art. And I think social media has allowed me to do that where, you know, uh, 20 years ago, if I was creating illustrations and first of all, there'd be nowhere to share them on a grand scale, such as, as Instagram. Right. And then it really kind of, if it ended up, if my work ended up wherever hanging in a coffee shop or in a gallery or something like that, it's really, like you said, people kind of walk up and take in the art and that's kind of it. And they don't have any impression of who it created it and what they were going through or anything like that. And with Instagram, I always feel like, you know, there's a large part of it is obviously the visual, the image I create. And then, you know, a substantial amount of it is the kind of the, the almost I don't really called artist statement, but whatever I'm going through at the time, I have a tendency to kind of share and be as vulnerable as possible. And even whether or not if it's connected to the art directly, it's just a chance to kind of just check in with people and really just kind of share, what I'm going through, in hopes that you know other people can resonate with it and and sort of see the human element to it, and and I think that that's part of my success is is the fact that I'm really really open, almost to a fault sometimes, and really vulnerable, and just sharing in that, and and I think, like you said, it's it's a there's another level of connection that people can have with that.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I think that's that can be difficult, you know, to talk about. You know, things that maybe are like shortcomings or like that's something I've been Mm -hmm. trying to work on myself is being more open about the times that I've tried something that didn't work or, you know, done something that didn't go the way I wanted it to. Because I always have I've always had the idea in my head that like you should put your best foot forward and all that. But at the same time, kind of having that connection and the understanding that like everybody's going to like make mistakes or have things that don't go well. Um, I think whenever you show people that like you're just like them, it makes it easier for them to connect to yourself and your work. So
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely, and especially in a time where you know where most of us in social media want to put our first, our best foot forward and only show the good thing, and I think they're starting to kind of be a little like revealing of of the opposite of that, and really just like they're being and almost probably to to a, um, a bit of a you know taking advantage of it on the side of like let's be the the raw the like you know no makeup let's show like you know when it's shocking for someone to like oh my god that she didn't have makeup on or he was right shave or whatever just sort of just like i think that there's always been that appeal and i think we kind of went too far to one side of like the perfection side and now i think it's kind of coming back to the middle of just like yeah man we're all we're all imperfect and i think that there's there's something let's let's see the value in that yeah yeah
0: definitely absolutely so did you go to college for any type of art or anything like that? Or as far as kind of the stuff that you're putting out now on your Instagram, is that more, are
1: you more self-taught in that respect? Yeah. No college of any kind. No, nothing, you know, um, out of high school, it was kind of like right into the world, like really like never thinking um, on a higher education scale or, or a career or anything like that. It wasn't really, um, wasn't really an option or I didn't really see it as an option. It certainly scared the hell out of me. the idea of, in high school of being like, I have to choose the thing that I'm going to do. Like I have to go, especially the money thing was always really scary to me. Yeah. Like the idea of being in debt was just like horrifying. at such a young age too, before I had any experience with money, it was like the idea of like imprisoning yourself with that debt. And so I just kind of just wrote it off completely and kind of went on with my life and started very early on. I mean, I'd been working since like 16 and just kind of continued with that and didn't really do anything special and never really did anything that I ever really felt proud of. Uh, it was just jobs that I took who had a boss and co-workers and there was nothing special about it. It was never in a creative field. It was all pretty much service industry jobs for, for the bulk of my, my adult life. And, um, yeah. And so I don't know, I think there was definitely a a little bit of envy or a little bit of intimidation around the people that did go to school and did sort of find their way right out of high school into any sort of creative field. I had, I I did have a, um, a really wonderful opportunity and and I, and I almost think I wouldn't be where I am without it. If it wasn't for in high school, we had a, a vocational program that was, that was on offer, which, um, I don't know how popular they are anymore or how many school systems even use them anymore. But the one that was, that had in, in my school district was, you know, they gave vocational programs like uh, car maintenance and, and uh, cosmetology and, and, you know uh, like culinary and, and just, you know, jobs that are actually well, you know, Existed at least before all of this had happened, but, right? Um, and there happened to be a graphic design program, and I did a tour, and you know, we walk around we're walking around, and we walk into the computer lab where they had all these brand new G4 uh, Macs with the blue, the awful like baby blue plastic <laughs> on the side, and but you know, it just looks so cool, and and it to me it was like I've always been very expressive in in just needing an outlet or needing somewhere to sort of like hone that uh, that that creative energy, and so. I, I took that for my junior and senior year in high school and learned the very basics of illustrator and Photoshop and was able to have projects that, you know, sort of uh, demanded some, some creativity and, and, in a, you know, in a, in a more of a structured sense. And I did really, really well. I was one of the highest graded students in the class and I was really, really proud of that. But then that was kind of it that, that, like that never carried on that never really sparked that idea of like, maybe I should go to school for this. And so, yeah, it wasn't until um, just a couple of years ago where, uh, I just got tired of doing what I was doing and, and really kind of just sunk in and, and made a commitment to myself that I would really kind of take this a little more seriously.
0: Yeah, that's that's really awesome. And that's a really similar kind of like pathway into it uh, for me in, in the high school sense. So I actually, mm-hmm. my first graphic design class was in middle school. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was like, it was using like GIMP. So it wasn't like Adobe mm-hmm. anything. Um, But, you know, you'd like cut out palm trees and stuff like that. Um, And that was just like I remember being in that class and thinking like this is pretty fun, but like I didn't think anything of it. Then I got to high school and I was actually uh, it was my freshman year in high school that I took a graphic design class that was in the Adobe suite. And that was the last year they offered that class. Um, And that was kind of what like that pushed me into thinking because that was my freshman year. Then my sophomore year, I got my first uh, MacBook and my parents paid for the Adobe suite for me. And that's when I really kind of started to get into it. Um, And that's that's what kind of sparked then putting me to where I am now, where, you know, I'm getting a degree in graphic design and I'm sort of like going through the motions to do that stuff. Um, And I think it's interesting too to hear your perspective on college, because just in the last episode we were talking, it was me and. um, Alex Perry, we were talking about whether or not you need a degree for like graphic design and things like that. And we were kind of talking about how, like, I don't think it's necessary. I think the people, in my opinion, it it seems like the people that, you know, make that a requirement that you have a degree, I don't think they fully understand art, because I don't Mm -hmm. believe a degree prepares you for it. I think there's pros and cons to both ways, right? But I don't think like it's not necessary at all. I think the people that have the talent and the passion and and the drive to be good at it are going to be good at it with or without. Um, so it's kind of cool to hear your perspective as well, um, and also to see just how far you've made it.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, and I think it it is weird because because I don't I yeah I I completely agree with what you say, and and I think that at least now we have. So much more of an ability to, to sort of prove ourselves uh, before we've even stepped into the job market where you can make a name for yourself or you can create a portfolio and put it up on Dribbble or put it up on Instagram. Right. And I feel like any great agency or good agency is going to like there's no way they can't look at your work and decide whether or not you're, you fit to their agency or, or whoever it may be. And the fact that they would ever sort of require any sort of degree to me is, is pretty asinine. And I think that that's like, that maybe that's a red flag to, you know, wouldn't really care to work with them. Like you said, if they can't right. see your creativity within your own work and need to have some piece of paper, like, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine what you couldn't pick up now through Skillshare or YouTube or anything like that, where you can really, really re- resource yourself and not have to be you know beholden to, to college.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, there's so many resources these days, and I feel like there's just more and more popping up. And also, like a big thing too is like the graphic design community in general. I feel like it's so open with one another. Mm-hmm. So like, if you ever have questions, like I've I've never had some like a situation where I ask somebody a question, like how did you make this or how did you do that, and like they're not willing to answer. Uh, mm-hmm. So even if you like see someone who's got like a style that you want to kind of try out or that's like the whole goal for your art or anything like that, like if you reach out, like more than
1: likely, they're going to tell you how they did it. Well, that's funny you should say that because I, I often run up against that where I I'm not trying to keep what I do a secret, but I'm certainly trying to protect the essence of it and not um not have a situation which I have and I have, you know, plenty of instances to sort of prove this is that I get my work ripped off a lot. I get my style ripped off a lot. And so I feel really vulnerable and I feel really um, in a position where I want to protect that. And at the same time, I feel like shitty when I have to, when I have to like, not where I feel like I want to like keep some closely guarded secret. Um, But it's, I mean, had I not seen these examples of, of like, man, I, the inbox, there DMs that I get and stuff of just like it's it's gut wrenching where someone's like, hey, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, and I'm like, geez, and then they send me an Etsy link or or something yeah. like, or an or an Instagram link, and 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 you know I feel it in the pit of my stomach of just like, oh god, like that's, that hurts. And that, that feels really shitty. And, and I, and I think that that's not, of, of course, not everybody that's reaching out to, to, to sort of learn more about, you know, Photoshop or illustrator wants to just like rip me off, but there's enough instances of that, that sort of like raise raise my kind of protection level of like feeling like I'm not so like open to sharing with people as much as I would be had I not you know feel, felt like it was a bit of a threat. And it's, you know, it's my own sort of like neuroses and my own fear. Like, I, I, I often struggle with the idea that I don't have enough trust that I'd be okay if everybody had, you know, access to, to create work in the look that I do because I'm do, still doing it originally and I'm still doing it authentically. And that anybody that comes after that, you know, doesn't stand as good of a chance. You know, it's just like, it's a whole thing and it's, it's definitely like complicated and it brings me into a weird place a lot around my work and, and, I don't know. It's, it sucks to feel like I have to be protective and I don't want to feel that way, but it's, there's definitely enough instances of, of, you know, that that being the case that feel like, uh, yeah, I just feel vulnerable a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, so I, I definitely agree with you. Like I'm the same way. I don't, I guess the the difference, right, is when I think about it, I think of people that are interested for the sake of expanding maybe their abilities, maybe if there's like a technique, um, and then, you know, like kind of making it their own. But I totally agree. Like if somebody's just like blatantly ripping off your style, and then especially if they're like selling it and not just using it as like, like, hey, look, I was trying to, like, do something cool maybe that's in the style of this guy. Um, and I'm the same way. Like, if I ever have something that's sort of, like, really, really inspired by a specific artist, even if it doesn't really look like their work, I always give them credit because I don't ever want to be the one that's ripping someone off. Um, so, that's I think great. you're right. There's, like, a balance between the two that, like, I always like to be open. But at the same time, yeah, if somebody's, like, like – ripping off my style like over and over again and kind of building their entire you know art portfolio based on like my style or like your style like there's definitely a problem with that for sure
1: yeah and i think there's a i think there's a definitely a, a definitive um delineation between being uh inspired and being rip, ripping somebody off is is to me inspiration is i saw your work and it led me to create this and to put those two side to side if they're completely different that's that's inspiration like i, right. I often go through when I'm, you know, feeling bereft of ideas or or creation, I just, I just very quickly just flip through Pinterest, just like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm barely looking at anything and I'm just like kind of letting it just softly hit my eyes. And I hit, and then I go, and then I go right into illustrator and I'm like, okay, I saw a line or I saw something that just sparked this. And there's no way you could take what I did and go back to Pinterest and be like, that's where, that's where that came from. It's just like, it's inspiration. It's inspired me to like, it just basically like starts the engine of, of you you start your own engine. It shouldn't like drive down the same road. It's just like, right. it should go, kind of go off and say like, well, that got me going. That got me excited. And now I'm going to pour my own energy into this. So yeah, it's, it's tough for sure. And and I think there's also an issue with, um, I don't know. There's like a lot of, you know, young kids out there that want to, you know, they're they're I think the level of, of competition and the level of like, you know, feeling inadequate in this world is is immense. And so people are just wanting to kind of stand out and they're the old ways of kind of pouring over your work in your studio and, and, you know, maybe it never sees the light of day that's over with now. I mean, you can, you create something and you post it immediately and you're going to get instant feedback. And I know you, you spoke on your first episode about the kind of that, that feeling of how it can feel really shitty if you don't receive the right feedback or, right. or enough feedback or enough praise that. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's a it's definitely a beast that we're all like navigating together, and it's it's really scary at times.
0: Yeah, so that kind of brings up another topic too that uh, it just popped into my head. But uh, you know, Instagram announced a while back they were going to start removing likes, and I mm-hmm. remember when that came out, I was a little bit like, like I I understood the point of it, but I was like, I don't feel like that would realistically help. Um, I don't know if they've done that on your account because I have a couple accounts and like they haven't removed likes on all of them. But on my main design account, they have. And so like I was skeptical when that happened, but I've actually found that, you know, not seeing the likes immediately has helped me kind of let go of that sort of pressure. Um, I feel like I'm because now I have to take that extra step of tapping into the insights to find out how many people have liked it. And I find myself a lot of times just not doing that. Um, but I don't know if you've, I don't know if they did that on your account, if you've had any experience with that or if it's helped you at all.
1: No, they haven't, but I did hear about it and I was definitely interested in it. And I still, you know, I, I have a very, I feel what I feel to be a a pretty unhealthy relationship with, with social media. I mean, Instagram is the only, that's the only platform I I interact with, but it is like, uh, it's just the kind of this energy that's just like, come here, come in here, like get some, get some validation, get some get come get this energy and it and it and it's definitely it's more I think detrimental than it is a positive and mm-hmm. I, I I feel like now I, more than before I I don't so much get hung up on the numbers because I'm fortunate enough to like hit that hit the number on a on a regular enough basis that it right that it fulfills me where I'm like okay good like that's <laughs> that's fine like I haven't had a post that's just been like an abject failure in a long time. And so right. get, it hits me with that. And then anything past that is like, oh, that's awesome. Like, okay. And that also helps, you know, from a, from a um, business standpoint of like, okay, cool. That one did really well. I'll push that a little bit more or whatever, you know, it gives you kind of analytics that are helpful in a business sense. But when it's purely like, if you're not running a business and you're just wanting to share your work and you're, and you're seeing the number isn't high enough, like, God damn, that's not going to help you move to the next thing and feel really motivated to create the next thing. And so. Right. I don't think I, I I would love to see if they could push that that no likes thing a little bit further. And I know they're kind of testing it out in different markets and stuff like that. I I honestly had a consideration, and I probably won't do it just because it's such a big part of my business and it's an un, it's sort of like a necessary thing to have. But I I was thinking about just going turning off comments on everything, and then I don't need to sort of engage in these the way that I often do. I sort of find my way like you know I'll get let's say 20 comments and 19 of them are, this is great. We love this. And one of them is negative or trying to like goad me into something or, right. or a troll or whatever it is. And I focus my energy on that one comment. And I still cannot understand why I do that, but I do that. And it, and it it's, I, I don't like it about myself and I, yeah. and I don't have enough control to just like, leave it alone. And then I get into, you know, get into this thing and and it becomes this weird thing where like, I'm the creator, but then once I post the image, then I'm suddenly the the, the social media manager and, the, and the, the, the boss and all these things where then I'm putting on my business hat and I'm suddenly, you know, obligated to be answering all sorts of questions and being really like customer servicey. And I, it's not why I got into this. You know, I don't, well, that's not what I want to be spending my time doing, but you know, I'm grateful for the fact that people are interested enough to have questions and want to engage and stuff like that. But yeah, the idea of just like, what the intention was originally was I just want to share my work and I want to essentially, and this is the best way to do it. It's, it's an online gallery. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we can't, I can't fill my, my work in galleries all the time where people come and look at it and I'm not there and they get to just appreciate it and be there. But really like that, that's what I would love for it to just be something that people see. And if they want to buy a print or want to whatever, like it, it just yeah it goes into these weird territories where it just ends up being this sort of like this validate validation measuring system. And it's, it's really unhealthy.
0: Yeah. And, and I think also because it's accessible to so many people and, and you kind of touched on, uh, you know, younger artists or designers. And I think that's also a dangerous place to be for that when you're impressionable and you're still trying to find your style. And it's something that uh, I think really through this podcast, I've kind of realized, but, you know, I, I've kind of come up with this sort of mantra in my head that we need to make sure that we're not designing or creating pieces of art for algorithms, but we need to create it for people and we need to create it because we're passionate about it. And and falling into the trap of designing for likes and for engagement is easy. And, you know, I've done it myself. I, I did an experiment, which again, I think was in the first episode, I talked about it, um, you know, where I posted for 30 days straight. And like, that was a lot of work to get those designs made. And then, And I remember looking at the end of it all and like I had no growth at all. And it was like it was really discouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're definitely right. There's a lot to be said for kind of uh, being aware of how you engage with these social media platforms and being careful not to let yourself get to a point where that's the focus instead of, you know, the art or, or whatever the original reason was that you started it.
1: Well you know and I think it's difficult because there aren't so many options nowadays for it to be anything to really focus your energy anywhere else where it wouldn't be like all right well whatever I didn't that post didn't do that well on Instagram but is doing well here or it's uh, I'm selling prints of it or whatever like it's really like unfortunate that it's really the only barometer for right. whether or not people like it and it's not an accurate barometer like you said with the algorithm and all that stuff it's not for the most part you know it's not a true, Reading, it's not like it, it it goes into everyone's pocket and goes, "Hey, what do you think of this?" Like and, and right. asking everybody, it's just we of course don't understand it completely and everything, and so it's just yeah, it's a dis, it's distorted right from the get, and so it's you know it's but the, again, there's no way to really know to really know whether or not it's worth it, uh, and it's so unfortunate because it's so it's just not fair, and so yeah. I don't know I, I don't know where this is going to lead, where this could get to a point where we can. I don't know. I really have no solutions as to how to, cause you know, and I, I, I'm very much, you know, I rely hugely. I mean, hugely on Instagram. And I mean, I'm, I'm grateful because it is the reason that I'm able to do this professionally now, but at the same time, it's like to put that much, to put all your eggs in that basket is a really scary thing to do. And we all know that, you know, there's some day where it's not going to be around. And so, right. I don't know that there's a lot of contingency plans that people have made. And I, I, you know, my, my partner is always pushing for the importance of of mailing lists and and Mm -hmm. how much work that even really involves. Like that again is like not a creative thing. It's like, that's marketing. That's not, I don't want to be the artist, the marketer, the, 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 whatever, the accountant, like doing everything, like it's exhausting. And so then we've become our own bosses and our own companies and our own brands. But to back to that point is like, yes, I've actually been pushing as much as I can to get people on my mailing list and grown mm-hmm. it substantially. And then they, then I'm even, I feel this weird sense of like, oh my God, like I have, I can reach these people. I can get into these people guaranteed into their inbox. And then I feel sort of um, frozen where I'm like, oh, I don't want to be so selly. I don't want to be so like yeah. pushy with my stuff. And that's why Instagram still feels like, hey, No pressure, you know. I'm. You you can just flip right past this, and I always get so worried every time I send a newsletter out, and I do it pretty infrequently, and it's always, it's always when I'm doing a sale. Mm -hmm. But it's like, oh my god, like I read the the unsubscribers because I get a a report, and that to me is like that feels worse than, than anything that could happen on Instagram is <laughs> yeah. when someone goes, nah, I don't want this guy in my inbox anymore. And so yeah. I get so nervous about sending out a newsletter and it's debilitating. And it's, of course, like that just happens. Like people just comb their in- inboxes and just kind of remove mailing lists and stuff. So I shouldn't take it so personally, but God damn, this is all just so like, this, this is such a vulnerable experience all around. Just, we all just wanted to be artists and creators. And now we're, it's just so many extra things have come along with it
0: yeah yeah no I agree a hundred percent i I don't know you know the progression of this I feel like it went so quick and uh we're like you said, we're in a position where now like we are the business people and we have to kind of be aware of these things and it is it's a lot and I feel I guess, fortunate in the sense that I got into graphic design, but I'm also very much interested in the business side of things. So I have, I just have more interest in that than I think a lot of other people do. Um, But at the same time, then, you know, I, I'm not as much of an illustrator, like that's not really my thing. And I didn't come from as much of an artistic background. I got into things through video production, so uh, and then like I'm very much into like I built my own PC and things like that, and I'm very into like structure and and things of that nature. So it's like different styles, but uh, yeah, it's definitely it's a double-edged sword for sure. Um, And then so kind of transitioning into sort of a little bit more about the style of your work. Um, So when I was like scrolling through your feed, kind of preparing for the episode. One thing that I kind of like that stuck out to me was that you have this sort of like cohesive diversity in your work, which like to me means like, like everything feels like it's got the same style and the same aesthetic, but yet all of them are so different, I feel like. And even just to get like more specific, some of your pieces have very graphic elements while others have like more illustrated elements. So you kind of like go between both, um, both kind of styles and, and it all just feels like one body of work that you can tell that it's by you. Uh, so when you kind of have that, you know, how, how do you kind of approach these pieces? Is that something that's in your mind when you're creating? Is that you got to keep it, you know, consistent from piece to piece, or is that something that just sort of comes from the style that you're interested in?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm super grateful that, that you sort of described it in, in that way, um, of, of it, there being a, um, a cohesion to it. Cause I often feel a little bit insecure around how diverse it is and, and often feel like, oh man, like, why can't I just find this singular voice that I just stick with and, and really just kind of go down that road? And, and I've tried it in the past and I still like find myself being, you know, like, well, I want to go, you know, really illustrative today. And, and then I guess it kind of vacillates between um, moods or, or inspiration at that time, because it definitely is two different worlds where the the more graphic pieces are done, um, solely on the computer with Mm -hmm. illustrator and then, you know, brought into Photoshop and roughened up and kind of given that more like, you know, organic look. And then the more hand-drawn stuff is drawn. It's done um, digitally, of course, but on an iPad with a pencil, a pencil. And then, you Mm -hmm. know, it's my hand moving and everything. And so I think there's definitely like a, it's definitely kind of a mood thing around, um, I can bust out a graphic piece super easily because in Illustrator, it's, you know, it's just um, an infinite possibilities of moving lines and circles and shapes and everything like that. And and it can, in a, in a, um, in a workflow sort of sense, the level of planning doesn't need to be so concrete because you're not really committed to anything and you can easily move something, delete something, duplicate something. And just kind of like, I feel like it's when, when my brain is moving really fast and I just kind of want to like, Work through something. Just working it on it solely in Illustrator is is super easy, and and it also kind of I feel like I err on the side of, of more the more of the minimal thing, and, and right. really trying to distill the essence of design and really just bring it down to its bare minimum and say how how minimal and how how, how just simple can this be, and yet still be uh, evocative and and you know actually like be beautiful. And then with the illustrator side of things, like I, I love like deeply, richly detailed illustration work and I haven't done it in a long time because I have a two-year-old and that's really like slowed me down and right. really like I don't spend a fraction of the time that I used to before I had a kid drawing and really just pouring myself into one illustration. And so then I think it's just kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to spend a little bit more time. I want to feel the like this kind of build and, and get more detailed and everything like that. So I think that kind of, to answer your question, it's just like, a sort of a mood thing of like, do I really, I want to go simple. And I also kind of like did this thing to myself many years ago where I I sort of um, birthed this compulsive nature of creating where when you said on on the first episode where you set yourself up on a challenge to do something, Mm -hmm. post something every day for 30 days. Yeah. I've been doing that for years now. And I'm honestly, I'm quite exhausted by it. But I've also kind of gotten myself in this position where I feel somehow obligated to post something every day. And I also am deeply fearful of the algorithm leaving me behind and all these kind of insecurities that are around the fact that my business is propped up by a, by a, Fucking company that Facebook owns, and yeah. so I just want to always play by the rules and really like never feel like I'm gonna like fall out of this. And and I've shared that on on a post, and people are like, "Just take a break," and I'm like, "I want to," but I have this kind of need to just like put thing put things out there and be really really regular with it, and just make sure that that it's not like it wasn't my fault that that I've engagement has fallen off. Like I've done all I can to do that and everything, and so it just ends up being like in my in my office, I'm switching between being on my computer or sitting in my chair and just kind of, you know, sketching on my iPad and stuff. So it's definitely kind of just vacillates between, between the two. And um, again, just to say, thank you for, for finding like, you know, something in within that diversity and and um, not seeing like, cause sometimes I look at my feed you know from the feed view and I'm like, God damn it. Like it's so, it's too many things. It's, it's all over the place. And so it's nice to hear the contrary.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's interesting that you talk about sort of, Uh, your approach to it being that when you're doing this sort of minimal approach to your more graphic pieces that you're trying to make it as simple as possible, but still kind of hold that meaning because my design work is like literally the same thing. uh, (laughs) But I feel like they're like two incredibly different styles too. So it's really interesting to kind of see how different our work is, but with sort of that same underlying goal. That's, that's really interesting. And so then to that end, how do you describe your style to others? Like if somebody asks you sort of what your style is, especially since you have kind of the more illustration pieces and then the more graphic pieces, how do you explain it to others?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really hard. And I definitely don't have (laughs) a super good elevator pitch as to what it is. I, I, the, I kind of jokingly, but you know, semi-seriously refer to my work as neo-psychedelic. And I think that at least is, is inspired by my, my, you know, history of using psychedelics in my life yeah. and also feeling like there's some element of kind of the mystery of the awe of the reverence of, of, of existence and and really just kind of trying to distill that in a look and it's really hard I think for any artist to try and like describe what they do especially in a visual medium to, to try and put it into words is definitely going to tarnish it a bit and so I think um I don't really have a good answer. I certainly, you know, why kind of take reflections from other people, how they describe my work. And, you know, obviously there's like a vintage look to it. There's a, there's a, um, just kind of like, um, an organic nature to it. I, I really, what I aim for in my work is to make it, um, timeless and never to feel like it's too contemporary and to really just make sure that if it, which it often does is just random and end up, randomly on Pinterest or on someone's Tumblr or something, and there's no way to attribute to who it is, that oftentimes people are like, oh, I thought that was like a, you know, a vintage piece or something like that. And that that makes me feel great. Like I, that's exactly what I'm aiming for. Like I love old things. I love, um, I mean, I absolutely love like the cleanness, like a lot of designers um, in seeing design, design trends within, you know, within kind of vector art. Yeah, I love it. I think it's beautiful, but I certainly love um being able to have that kind of um tricking people into thinking that it's something much older than it actually is.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I definitely pick up all the elements you're talking about too. So you're you're absolutely, you know, accomplishing what you're setting out to do. Um Thank you. yeah, absolutely. So then also, like, what what have been the biggest influences on your style? Because it is a very, like you said, it's kind of got that vintage feel, and and I think it's interesting. I, I keep saying it, but like that that difference between the illustration and graphic style. I feel like people typically are only in one or the other. I don't see a lot of people kind of doing a little bit of both. So, what have been sort of the biggest influences on your on your style and your work?
1: Yeah, well, I think definitely um, probably how I've ended up on that sort of that, that kind of like balance between illustration and graphic design is that I feel like, you know, I'm not a classically trained graphic designer. I I don't, I don't even really like, I really don't even like being referred to as a graphic designer because it, it's sort of, to me, at least it denotes that I have a level of competence and a level of, of professionalism that I don't actually have. And so oftentimes People will, you know, reach out for, for, uh, branding or for logo work and stuff that all falls in, falls well within the graphic design side of things. And I'll, I'll reply back with, I'm not a graphic designer, reach out to, you know, to other, you know, gives give some people that I'm fans of and stuff. But right, I don't feel like, um, that to me is like, isn't really, um, uh, title that I want to hold up because, because then it, and it also kind of pigeonholes you, I think a bit more. And so I think being more on the illustrator side of things is that it allows me that freedom to really just kind of, um, be more creative and and be less of a technician and be less of someone who, who gets a job and who, who has to, is beholden to the client's needs and all these sort of things. And so just kind of being on the side of, of illustration feels a bit more freeing to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. That's an interesting perspective on it as well. Um, you know, just kind of seeing the differences between the two. I've never thought about it in that sense, but I absolutely see what you're saying for sure.
1: And I think also with, with graphic design, it's, um, between, between being, a, again, just kind of bogged down in terminology here, but I think if anything, I would, uh, I'd be okay with the, with the term graphic artist versus graphic designer, because right. to me, a graphic designer is, um, it kind of you you would walk into the graphic designer's office and say i need a i need a, a daisy uh, amongst the ocean just giving you all these elements and then they're kind of just delivering it for the client where i think a graphic artist is like i came to you specifically because i love what you do and i love your style and i love your look and i think that and there's been you know there's obviously a lot of graphic designers or graphic artists out there that that have a very defined look and can create create for the client's needs, but you can still look at it and be like, that's that's so and so's right. and I know that. But then I think for the most part, and especially for of course young and, and people who are just getting into the industry and you know you got to pay your dues and and you know set yourself apart. But for the most part, it's just like you end up becoming a technician and then you're just delivering things exactly the way the client wanted without any real artistic voice or or originality within that. And that's somewhere I managed to avoid and I'm grateful for because I know that that's really soul-sucking and I've had friends who've worked in design agencies and stuff and they don't feel they're not they're not they're not they're not not speaking their voice they're just they're a guy who knows how to use illustrator or photoshop and that's kind of it
0: right yeah and and so then kind of to that end as well you have an instagram tv video kind of talking about finding your passion and and so you say that it's like up to up to us as individuals to find what we want to pursue Um, so like one thing that I was kind of wondering is like, you talked about sort of how you found your passion, but what would be your advice if somebody is looking at this saying, you know, maybe they're getting out of college or maybe they're just starting their career out of high school and they're looking at sort of going into graphic design. But what they're really passionate about is maybe more of, you know, the art field, as you're saying, where it's more, you have more freedom. Um, what would be your advice to someone who kind of feels directionless or maybe like they can't make a business out of what they're truly passionate about right now?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I ended up <laughs> rewatching that IGTV, uh, before, before we started speaking, cause I wanted to, to be up to date. I hadn't seen it in a while. And I, I, I don't know, I, I feel like it was, it wasn't very helpful. I was, I, I had some, <laughs> you know, some moment at when I, when I recorded that, where I think I've sort of felt this gratitude towards, um, recognizing and finally coming to a place after what was like 33 years of my life of being completely directionless and and finding this thing that I, that I just wanted to sink my teeth into as much as possible and do all the time. And I think that that was kind of at the root of it was like, I, I got lucky enough for that, that sort of life to kind of position myself into finding that thing that I really, really like. And I think again, sort of on the, the, the difference between the graphic design and, and art is is definitely deciding, do you want to be an artist? And I think that is a really tough question to ask and to ask yourself and to say, you know, to, to say it definitively, I don't think, you know, anyone should, should feel obligated to, but I think making the decision to be an artist is making the decision to be vulnerable and to be, to put yourself on display and to be in this position where you're going to be judged and you're going to be criticized but you're also going to be praised and you're, you're going to be rewarded and so it's definitely like choosing that that road of like this is not a guarantee but if at the start of it before you've even started walking down the road is this something that in in your core do you feel validated do you feel like again back to the instagram thing it's just like I was I was drawing and feeling really really happy and really really fulfilled with what I was doing and then I was posting it on Instagram as opposed to creating for Instagram right and so I think starting having that starting point where I wish we could all just like kind of erase these these systems that have been in place that have kind of like really I think like uh, tainted and, and distorted everything and, and just get back to where we're, uh, we're in a position where we're not um, trying to impress other people and and trying to, to live up to some other people's standards. And I think that that's a place that we have kind of strayed away from is just like, what makes you happy? What is the thing that you're getting joy from? And again, it's, it's impossible because I, I have a really good friend who, who, she just works, you know, jobs that, that come her way. And, and she's, she's really smart and, and creative and, but she has zero idea with what she would want to do. I said, you know, if tomorrow you could just have your dream job, what would it be? And she's like, I don't know. And so again, I, you know, that IGTV thing, it's not helpful to say like, just find your passion because right. who knows? I mean, you, you, if you've, if you've yet to experience it yet, you're not, you haven't felt that, that, that warmth in your chest. That's just like, Oh, this is it. This is all I want to do. And so I don't know. I, I kind of want to just retrat- <laughs> retract that IGTV because <laughs> I just feel like it's not super helpful. I just, I just had a moment of feeling really grateful that I just, it just sort of it found me after, or I don't know, it, you know, I think being, being pushed, I was pushed so far into this life of like, God, I hate what I'm doing. I hate what my days are every day. And I was able after all that, that kind of just that. That awful energy pushed me into this thing that I really liked. So I think maybe just staying a little more keenly aware of within your day what is that thing that does really like kind of spark spark that feeling. And and again for graph between graphic designers and artists, it's, it's difficult because because you. You know, I think it, it takes it takes a long time to really feel like you've defined your voice and to my partner talks about it all the time around like this idea that people used to really like work inside their studios and and really kind of like slave over their, their vision and their voice and, and then it wasn't until a while that you sort of shared it with the world where now we're all plugged into each other and it feels like this pressure to be like, oh, I made something, do I need to share it? And be like, no, right. by no means do you need to share that. Like, take your time, like work on it for years and find what you feel like is your is actually your your voice and not like gonna feel insecure about sharing something.
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, I think uh, you're absolutely right. And, and there's definitely a lot of pressure around it to kind of be putting things out consistently. And I think mm-hmm. that's difficult, especially for the people that aren't, like full-time freelance or that they're, you know, working other jobs. Uh, when you have those other commitments, it's difficult to then sit down after a long day and kind of, you know, make more for Instagram and make more to be putting out really just for the sake of putting putting work out.
1: Yeah, and absolutely and I think that that's kind of where the paradox of it lies oftentimes is that we have jobs, we have things that that drain our energy all day and then to try and find that level of passion to, for that thing that you love, it's it's not really there. And so you know, I'm never going to suggest that anybody just like you know quit your job and pour pour into your your passion because it's it's really risky but I think that there's maybe some kind of balance or somewhere in the middle of that between just flat out quitting your job and 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 finding just a little bit more time or really kind of holding yourself to something like for me it was it was a moment that I can clearly clearly define because it was on my Instagram feed and it was it was you know a few years ago and I Put a post up and it used to be before before i you know my my account was all my art was just you know like most people's normal accounts it was my pictures of my dog and my partner and just our lives right. and then when i started to slowly kind of draw in between times uh between work or even at work um just you know finding little places to to just you know create a little something I posted on Instagram and just said, you know, to my to my very modest following, which is made up mostly of my friends, was like, I'm gonna draw something every single day. And I'd never done that before. I'd never made a promise to myself or even held myself to really anything. I'm 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 terrible with commitments and I'm terrible with with really consistency in my life. But at that moment, I don't know, you know, what it was that made me feel like I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna draw something every single day. And it was that. You know, like with anything, you do it day, you do it on a daily basis, and you get better at it, and you get more confident, and you just like it just builds. And so, for me at least, and I don't know, it may not work for everybody, but that that moment where I said I'm going to draw something every day, that was honestly the start of what has now become a, a, a successful career. And it just took that moment of just like of commitment and really just even at the times where I didn't feel like doing it, I did it, and and here we are. So I think definitely, you know, making a commitment to yourself is is really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive a little deeper into the difference between graphic design and art, and Darren's guide to social media etiquette. Are you a designer, videographer, or creative of any type? Then you need to be on Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with video courses created by professionals in their respective fields, giving you insight into how to take your skill to the next level. Whether you're learning a new hobby or pursuing a career, Skillshare has a class for you. With classes from creatives like Aaron Draplin and Roxanne Gay, there's no limit to how much you can learn from Skillshare. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Sign up today with the link in the podcast notes to get two months for free and take your creativity to the next level. Welcome back everybody. So Darren, I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into what you think the difference is between graphic design and art and sort of where that line is drawn. And this is something I've actually been interested in covering on the podcast for a while, because I know that there's a, lot of like, there's a lot of conversation about the differences between the two. So I'm excited to kind of uh, dive into it. So I know you had kind of mentioned before we started recording that you've got some thoughts on it, and I think it's, it'll be an interesting perspective since you have so many pieces that are sort of graphic, but then also so many that are illustration work. Um, so what do you kind of see as the big difference between the two?
1: Yeah, I think that um, graphic design has more of a um, commercial purpose. It's usually done in a way that is going to appeal to a mass market, to to a consumer base, to or even to a specific market. But it's, it has to have sort of a, a broader appeal that <clears throat> is, in a way, boiled down the essence of, of the way things are arranged to be in uh, the most appealing sense. And I think uh, the opposite on the art side is it by no means has to be appealing to everybody. It doesn't have to be uh, this whitewash thing that, that, you know, we can find across marketing perspectives and all these things that really are just, it, it's meant to be a bit more divisive, a bit more just um, specific for whoever is feeling it. It's meant to, to, to evoke conversation and all these things. And so to me, I think that art is is sort of an expression of the soul and graphic design is, you know, it's funny, I actually, I wrote a, a note, there's a book that I just picked up recently, it's pretty old, but it's called Design as Art, and it's by Bruno Manura. I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. saying his name properly, but he was a designer, uh, an Italian designer back in the day, he has this little paperback book um, that I just started reading recently, but it has Um, A definition of um, a designer, and I wrote it down here, a designer is a planner with an aesthetic sense. And so, again, I think that graphic design is something that's planned, has intention, has um, a purpose that is has an objective to it. And with art, there really isn't so much firm boundaries around it where uh, you can kind of just, I mean quite literally some artists will just throw paint at a canvas and right. then try to attach a meaning to it or, or other people who, who consume it are attaching a meaning to it where graphic design, you know, you have like a layout of a, of a label, we read that, we know, you know, hopefully the hierarchy of the type is set properly and it leads our eyes in the right place and all these things That that's very much the, the, the designer's intention was to carry you through to give you the information in a clear, concise way. And the splash of paint on a canvas is like, that's up to you, buddy. You can decide whatever you want. this. Time. Right.
0: Well, I think what's interesting about that, too, is uh, so you were kind of mentioning that in graphic design, you know, there's the hierarchy of things. And I think that some of that also makes its way into art as well. And sort of that, you know, the artist does have the intention of sort of producing something that invokes or evokes a specific emotion. Um, But yeah, sort of that, you know, it's not made for, it's not made for others, even if it's supposed to sort of make you feel a certain way that it's made as an expression of the artist and whatever it is they're trying to represent.
1: Yeah. And again, back to the kind of the, the, the relationship between an artist and a graphic designer and a graphic designer and the client is that artists don't, aren't, aren't, responsible for, for, you know, conveying someone else's emotions. And I think that that's where I feel really comfortable because I get really, I get really insecure still after, you know, a few years of doing this where I get, you know, people want, you know obviously they've they've seen my work and know what I can deliver. And I still get like insecure because I'm like, oh, man, at the end of the day, I have to make you happy now. I have to make right. you feel like I came up with something in my style that you really like, but it's still, but it's yours. And so that's why again, why I push licensing so so much more, because I say, well, you can attach meaning to this that you something I've seen already instead of us going back and forth and feeling like there's just we're not hitting it. And so yeah, again, like feeling like I, I'd i like to identify as an artist more than a graphic designer is, is, is to, there's more freedom to it.
0: Yeah. And I think to the point about licensing as well, not only is that like a way for you to let like, I guess, kind of take that client expectation out of it and let them, you know, purchase the rights to use it if they find meaning in it. But also, I think from a business perspective, having that sort of passive income and something that, you know, you kind of put out there and then it can just kind of fly and do its thing. Um, you know, I think that's a that's a, a smart tactic in any of this. And it's something that I've been looking into with my work as well to try to find ways to kind of do that so that it's not always that I have to be, you know, only doing client work in order to make money off my designs.
1: Oh, and it's, I mean, it's, it's completely exhausting to be in a place where you feel like you're, responsible and you have to come up with something unique. And I mean, the the pressure of, of to me personally, and this is of course, you know, years of, of my own upbringing and everything, but this, 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 a responsibility to make people happy or to impress people is is not a great uh, position to be in all the time. And it's really stressful and there's deadlines and all these things that feel like the pressure that adds to that is going to compromise the, the creativity of it. And so I think it's just kind of like, it ends up starting to like, it's a, it's a relationship that feels kind of not toxic, but it feels a little bit less than um, clean right from the start because we both have expectations and nobody knows what this is going to end up being and what if it's not the thing we wanted and all these things. And so, yeah, it's just, that's why I was also always really intimidated by the graphic design world because there's a level of like, not bullshitting, but a level of like convincing and, and really right. like, you know, presenting a, a, a slide deck where you're like, and this is what we were thinking with this and this is the, and I just like, it's just, it's too much for me. I just, I <laughs> I'd rather just like create stuff and if people want it,
0: Yeah. Well, and that also brings up, it's sort of like, uh, I know like my design professor would always say, uh, you know, look at the business majors and look at the confidence they walk around with and then look at like how you guys walk around, like pay attention to how you present yourself, which kind Mm -hmm. of speaks to that point that, uh, you know, in design, we're kind of expected to have our foot in the art world and also in the business world. And I, I think it's important that we have that because there are designs that need to be functional, but that reminds me of, uh, there's a designer, and this might be wrong. I want to say it was Paul. No, not Paul Rand. I'll look it up and I'll put it in the podcast notes. So if you're interested, uh, you know, look down there. Um, but there was some designer, and he made he made logos. He's like really famous, and I should absolutely know his name. And um, but he used to charge. He would charge somebody like. $100,000 for a logo, no questions asked, and he wouldn't budge. And and he did that because he valued what he did. And I look mm-hmm. at that and say to myself, sort of back to the social media, like I wonder how many of like current designers would have that same confidence if we weren't if we weren't always stuck in this comparison mode of looking at other people's work on social media. And I just wonder how much of that has sort of like made us made the society that we're in into something where it's just so much harder to have that confidence.
1: Oh, totally. Cause you know, you feel like you're in a position where you don't, you don't have any leverage in that because you know, there are other, other, other uh, designers and stuff that can be reached out to. And I think that kind of back to where I've kind of ended up is I'm more of an, I've, and I'm in more of that position now where I can say, you know, I couldn't say, oh, give me a hundred thousand dollars and don't give me any feedback, but I'm certainly <laughs> yeah. more in a position of, of, of saying like, you came to me you trust me, you, there's a reason that we're working together right now. You have to like, you like, there are certainly more, I feel like I have a little bit more of like a less budging uh, room and it feels really, really good, but still, I don't want it to be so firm that they go, well, we don't like it. And I go, well, I don't care. And then right. that, that relationship's like soured. Cause at the end of the day, I just want, I do want people to be happy and I would love for them to be like, yes, we love this. But at the same time, at the, at the expense of, me not liking it—that's the worst feeling, and that's honestly why I don't—I don't share a lot of my client work because it ends up—it may not be something that I that I absolutely hate, but it's certainly something that got taken out of my hands and and kind of twisted a little bit, and then and then it's someone else's, you know. And so, it ends up not being 100% me, and so that I don't feel 100% um, that it's my creation, and so you know, what is that? Like, why? It's also like the, the word that bugs me the most these days is a collaboration where a lot of brands yep. would be like, we collaborated with this artist. And I'm like, no, you just told the artist that you wanted this done a certain way or, <laughs> yeah. or you had no insight whatsoever, but you still want to call it a collaboration. So yeah, it's just tricky. It's tricky in the art world in general. And art is, is an expression of your soul. And if that comes out and then has to have notes and, and feedback on it, it's, it's, it's a weird place.
0: Yeah, and you were also talking earlier about sort of um, how plugged in we are now with you know social media and all that. But I also think just the internet in general, right? There's people now that can get their hands on Adobe software for free. They can like get illegal versions of it and stuff. And I think what that also has led to is there's a lot of people that that they're, they're not formally trained, but they're also, like, not necessarily, like, they don't know, like, even the fundamentals of design, right? And I think they're putting themselves out there, and they're charging significantly less for the same job that, like, you or I would do, but then like the people that are that are paying these people they're getting a lower quality logo but they don't know the difference because they're just not plugged into that world and i think what's happening is with all those people that are now charging less it's it's devaluing what we do so it's now harder for us to ask for as much money as what i think we're probably truly worth you know because there's a lot there's a lot to be said for whether it's graphic design or art but having something that you know accurately represents what the client wants you know that's a that's difficult, and that takes a lot of training, and that takes practice, and it takes like just doing it. Um, and so I, I think we're in this weird world as well, where now things are beginning to get devalued in the art world, and it makes it difficult for us to like charge what we should. And at the same time, it's also getting more competitive. So it's like it's just this like cycle of devaluation.
1: Absolutely. 100%. And there's, and there's, you know, a number of sites that we could reference that, that kind of, I think perpetuate that. And also I think that most of the time um, often I've noticed uh, clients with whatever their project is, they put all their money, their budget, all their money at the front for, for this and that. And then at the end of it, the last amount is, is for the art and for the graphic elements of, of what they're doing. And so they're already coming in with like, I only have this much money. And, and there, I feel like there's a, there's a sort of an, a um, an expectation, uh, that, it, yeah, again, just kind of to reiterate what you said, people don't, people aren't familiar with what this process is and, right. and that it's being done in such an unprofessional way. I mean, for example, and this drives me nuts, there's a, um, Adobe, you know, of, of, of course, I'm grateful for, for their products and, and, you know, I couldn't do it without them, but there's, they're kind of just, they sort of extend into a lot of things that I think are pretty superfluous and pointless, but they're, I think it's called Adobe it might be Adobe spark. Um, I forget which it's an app and essentially people upload templates of designs. Yeah. Yeah. You could just, you know, fill in the text and and whatever. And it's disgusting. It's like, it's so cheap and it's so like, it just looks so ugly. And one of my designs that, that actually I I own the copyright for, I'm trying to slowly like copyright my work and, and really, you know, have some protection behind it. But it's one of my images that somebody just, you know, obviously like tried to emulate and did a really really bad job of it and now that's up on their their community board or whatever and people can just pop in whatever words they want and and you know it it's i guess people with any sort of keen eye will see like oh this is this is garbage like this is terrible design right. but then for the most part there aren't people that are familiar with that and so it doesn't almost doesn't matter to them or whatever and it's just like this 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 sort of incessant need for content of just like we need more things to share we need more like uh, just everything, just, there's just not enough, there's enough space for just more and more content. And so then just stuff like that comes out and it's just like, again, like you said, it just devalues everything, it devalues artists who do it for a living, it devalues the just the industry in, in general. And it's it's, yeah, it's a real shame.
0: Right. And I think it's, it's difficult because I can also see the flip side. Like I agree. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Spark and the idea that, you know, Adobe is here to make all these products for professionals. And then they're almost like kind of undercutting us right there (laughs) with that. Um, But at the same time, I look at that and say like, you know, there are some people that like, if you can't afford a graphic designer, like I also don't want to discourage them. Because, like, if they can't afford a designer, but they're trying to make a go at a business idea they have, I think it's also, like, it's good that they have those tools available. I think... And I don't know, like, I don't know how you solve that, but maybe it's just like an education as to maybe like the process of design and what good versus bad design is for more people. But I mean, you know, that that's not realistic to think that, but it, I guess it's just like, I can see both sides of it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do know what you mean. Absolutely. And I think that, I think that again, it's just sort of the the really unique nature of the time that we live in where. 50 years ago, back in, in, let's say in like, when, when Madison Avenue had ad agencies with, you know, basically when Mad Men was around, like, there were, that was, that was Mad Men, those, that agency and the other agencies were representing, um, Big firms, you know, Exxon and Coca-Cola and all these companies that are just, you know, conglomerates, these huge companies that, that of course, have the budget and have the, the, the foresight to say we need, you know, we know what it costs and we need to spend this for this campaign. Right. And then fast forward to today where I can open my laptop go on a Squarespace, set up a website. And and for all intents and purposes, now I'm a business owner and now right. I've created a business. And, and then, so you're, you're already starting from a place where there isn't a lot of, again, like you said, not a lot of education and a lot of just the freedom that it's, that it, that's opened up to people. I think that's not without it's that, that's the bad, the bad kind of element that's going to come out of that. It's just like you didn't, Earn, like you, you didn't work hard to start this business you just created a website and an email address and now you're up and running and now you now you need the all the content and the branding and everything like that and so you've just sort of started off on the wrong foot and you're going to continue on that wrong foot to try and um, to try and obtain these assets and these logos and everything and then yeah I don't know I, I, I think like you said there's not really a real solution to this. And of course, at the end of the day, like those businesses will just sort of fall by the wayside and the ones who did right. it properly and who valued design and who spent money. Like, man, if you could, I don't know what most people's business plans look like, but I, it does feel like to me in the history of like, yeah, the design side of things was one of the last things to consider. And if you bumped up that budget more and you got a designer who knew what he was doing, you're going to like, you, it's going to stand out. like, And especially in our, in our sort of our millennial really like design savvy sort of nature. Like we, we were inundated with so much stuff that I think we have a better sense of like, what is good design and what is bad design. And if you got good design, I think you're, I mean, I think your product's going to do so much better. And, and I think that that's, that's a, of course coming from, you know, the designer side of things and then somebody on the other side of whatever business they're running, they'd say, no, 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 put your money into to this and, you know, right. so. yeah. it's tough because there isn't a, there isn't a real like uh, their, the education is lacking for sure.
0: Yeah. And, and I know like for me, one thing that I've been working on lately is learning when to say no to clients. So like if somebody, if somebody reaches out, right. And sort of like you were saying, like if they come over and say, you know, well, we only have this much money, you know, I'm working on being better about like not taking it just because it's a job, you know, whether I think, you know, that that would be a portfolio piece or, you know, it's money I didn't have, whatever the reason I'm trying to work on just saying to myself, you know, that I'm worth more than that. And so I'm not going to take that job. They can go find someone that values themselves less less uh, and and I like to think that it would be a lesser design so then they would maybe see the value in the people that are charging more um, but just uh, I think for my well-being in a career sense you know that anytime that I've gotten into a job where I kind of have that gut feeling in the beginning that you know something feels like this isn't going to go as well as I want it to it's pretty much like my gut's always been right so I'm, oh, I'm 100% I'm, yeah. yeah yeah and I, and
1: I know it, it it takes a lot to get to To push against that feeling of of oh man this is like a no and this is money like you said all the all the reasons that you should say yes but I think you know it's I've definitely noticed and it took me a long time to to say those no's and and you know you kind of push them out of your mind immediately once you said no just forget it like that was never supposed to happen and then you know the next the 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 good yes is going to come eventually and and you know not get too like woo woo with it but when you're, when you're not doing things that, when you do things you're not supposed to be quote unquote doing, right you're spending this time, this, this finite amount of time you have on this planet doing something you're not supposed to be doing. And I think, you know, of course, it's so hard, you know, with being, a, being freelancer and, and being, you know, responsible for your own income it's a tough thing to do but you know trying to take it a little bit more energetically and just say like this this wasn't it's not what i'm on the planet to be doing here to be designing a logo for your for your coffee shop that you know is terrible (laughs) right right absolutely
0: i think one uh really good resource too that um being that you're like you like to stay more on the art art side of it rather than graphic design i'm not sure if you're familiar but um chris doe and all of his videos and uh, i talk about him all the time but i think he's a great resource for creatives and one of the videos that like, it it just stuck out to me so much, right, is sort of talking about showing a business why you're worth more than what they want to offer you. So if they come to you asking for a logo, um, you know, you can like roughly quantify how long they're going to have the logo, uh, you know, what the difference in traffic would be with a bad versus good logo, and then how much mm-hmm. they're selling their products for and kind of really break it down for the people that are in charge of the money to say, look, if you want... A logo that's gonna make you a million dollars you're gonna to have to pay me ten thousand because I'm it's it's worth that um, wow. That's great. Isn't it right? Like I remember I watched the video and it, it blew my mind. I was like, when I look at it that way, like it's so much easier to show people why we're valuable. Um, and so I think kind of approaching things almost like stepping into that business realm of things, uh, obviously in a watered down sense because we're not business people, but um, kind of going in that route and kind of speaking their language, I think could go a long way as well and kind of showing the value of what it is we do.
1: Yeah. And I think again, back to, to, you know, what your motivation is, is, is that, um, that, that to me sounds, that's to me sounds like it's perfect. It's a, you know, it's, it's a wonderful approach and I think it's probably hugely successful, but I would hate to have to do that. Like, I I don't want to convince people what my value is. And, and I get really stubborn with that and I, I don't even want to try, but I think that that's kind of really, that's an amazing business approach is because, because the actual edu- education is lacking around it. We don't live in the mad men time anymore, where we have these like Don Drapers who are going to like, sell you on this really flowery romantic thing. We're just more or less speaking through email and tone right. and there's no tone and everything like that. And so to really like kind of break it down and be like, listen, here it is, you know, whatever delivered in a PowerPoint or whatever you have to do is, is is great. That's, that's an awesome, awesome technique.
0: Yeah. So then do you think graphic design can be art or do you think it's more about the people behind it? And it's more that graphic designers could also be artists. Cause I think it's an interesting sort of perspective shift on the two that I think graphic design for me, I think graphic design in and of itself is utilitarian and it's for other people, like you've said. And so I think that graphic design in that sense is, I don't think that would fall under the category of art, but then I look at my own work and I say, you know, on my design account, my designs that I make, they're digital, but they're also not for clients. They're only for me. And it is sort of like, It's, I guess it's sort of the same as what you're doing is like, it's that expression and that kind of like exploration in minimalism. So in that sense, I feel like those designs that I create are art where my freelance, uh, work that is, that is more graphic design. But so do you think it falls more about, uh, you know, the actual product itself or maybe the people behind it?
1: That's a great question. And I think that that's, um, I think just to kind of, to boil it down as simple as possible is, uh, Would, would, would you want to hang it on your wall? And if the answer is yes, then I think it's art. And I, I often, I'll get in situations where I, I post something that to me is not art is not, not something that I I would ever hang on my wall. Right. Know what room you would hang it in. And people are like, can I get a print of this? And I've oftentimes said, where, where are you gonna hang this? Like, what, like why, like why? <laughs> Not that I'm ever trying to like talk myself out of a sale, but sometimes I'm just like, I don't understand why you'd think this is art. And I guess maybe that there it is right there, it's art, because then it suddenly even made the artist think that it's not art and it creates this, whatever's conversation around it. But I think that, um, yeah, I think just really simply, if you wanna hang it on the wall, it's art. Can graphic design be art? I think it can be beautiful, and it can be really, really amazing um, layout and and thought that goes into it. But I but I hesitate to to call it art. But again, like it it if you found some old um, some old like label that you absolutely loved from from a cereal box or something, and you framed it and put it on the wall, then it's art. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. It's it's so truly like up to the person who who decides who, who is the purchaser, who, who is the want the person who wants to acquire it for them to say it's art. Cause you don't, you know, you don't like go, you don't go into a store and say art is for sale over here and graphic design is for sale here. It's just right. like people can find art in anything. And so I think that that's, I think there's definitely, um, I think they can kind of be mutually inclusive to each other is that they can both be art. I'll just, yeah, I'll just kind of say that. <laughs> I think it's, it's fine, because because not because honestly, I'm so surprised with what people want to hang on their walls these days that I can't say what's art anymore.
0: Right, it's a big question. I think there's a lot of gray area. Uh, but you were talking about like if somebody picks up an old label or something, right? And I think like for me, I've always kind of been under the understanding and sort of the perspective that graphic design is separate from art because it is designed with a specific function in mind. Mm-hmm. But then I wonder if you look at something that is like, if you find that old label, then, I mean, at this point, you know, it's, it's lost its function. So maybe that's why it can become art is it's more of a representation of the era it was made in than the yes. actual function of it.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and again, you know, I'm, I have a, uh, on my desk here, I have a, a cigarette case that's like a tin cigarette case. It's um, right. It's like velvet and uh, it just sits on my desk and it's something nice to look at because I love the type and the layout and everything like that. But you know, when it was made, it was a cigarette case. Nobody was like, "Oh my God, I'm going to put this on my bookshelf. This right. is so cool. <laughs> this is so like timeless." But again, like you said, only now that the time has passed, it's no longer functioning as that. And to me, now it's like something that's artistic that sits on my desk and gives me inspiration. So yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it for sure. And I think that there's enough time when things uh, when things enough time has passed and something still retains some sort of value, um, then it's definitely, you know, I think it falls more into the art realm than it was originally intended to be.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So let's, let's shift over a little bit. I'm going to start talking social media. So this was another thing you kind of mentioned to me that you were interested in talking about, and we have already kind of covered a lot of it. Uh, and I think we've had some really great conversations about it as well, but so kind of thinking that way, and you, you touched on this earlier, but Do you think diversifying your social media presence is important to being successful? And, and by social media, I don't only mean like, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all those things, but also how you were sort of talking about like a mailing list and things like that, just kind of diversifying, I guess, more how you connect with your audience. Do you think that's important in in being successful?
1: Yeah, I think it's important, but I, I can't say personally that I've experienced or or been um, made aware of how that's done because I don't think it's necessarily important to say like uh, as a graphic and speaking in graphic designer artist's mm-hmm. term here to be like, I got a really like, I got a really successful Twitter account. I got a really successful Instagram. I got a really, you know, um, I don't know that you have to, to like really like spread yourself out that much. I think it's probably a little bit, uh, behooves you a little bit more to find out where, you find the most success. And I, and mm-hmm. I think of course, like the top dog being Instagram and all of this. And, and if you can, if you can develop a really uh, successful following on Instagram, then I don't think necessarily besides the mailing list, like I think the mailing list is the golden rule and that, that is independent of any social media because email will always be around. Social media may not always be around, but within the social media sphere, uh, if it's if you're killing it on Tumblr, great. If you're killing it on Pinterest, the great, I think just probably putting the energy in where you're actually finding the, the um, turnaround to be, you know, it's so crazy. I, I have, you know, I, like I said, I use Pinterest just in kind of like a, you know, finding old, you know, I, I use Pinterest a lot. It's, it's a great right. way to find old things and be inspired and find different things. And I have a, for a while, I, I didn't have an account or, or, or having it even linked to my, to my website, didn't even know you could do that. I had a friend who used to work for them and was like, you gotta make sure your your account is linked because then um, when people repin it, it's attached. I still don't really understand how Pinterest, <laughs> in the depths of how it works, but here it is. There it is and it's huge. And I mean, I don't, I don't interact with it. I don't use it. I never post on Pinterest, but somehow my work ends up on Pinterest. Again, I don't know. I guess people hit pin on my website and then it gets put on Inst- I don't understand. But anyway, I have I have my account linked to it and I I get analytics for it. Right. And I look at them and I think, what the what the hell? Like I don't I don't understand. How this behooves me, but then I go on Shopify on my site and I or on my on my website and and they give me analytics as like X percent of traffic was drawn through Pinterest, so so that's like a total passive way of advertising, where right. are Just posting for me and then you know I'm, I'm, apparently I'm like doing well on Pinterest. I have no idea. So yeah, I don't know. I guess to answer your question, yeah, It's just kind of just finding. I think putting energy into to one thing instead of spreading it out is probably the best bet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Pinterest is uh, it, it's a beast, and it's completely different than anything else. So it's definitely um, that's interesting though that you have, you know, uh, that that you're like getting that traffic just sort of organically, completely. Uh, that's really cool. Um, I've, i found a couple of my designs on Pinterest from like way back when I was like, I was working exclusively in Photoshop. Um, I was 16. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and a couple of those found their way on there somehow.
1: So, uh, it's, it's always strange sc- and they just live on there. And yeah. Like, whenever I'm scrolling through and I see some of my own work, I'm like, Whoa, like that's so weird. And- yeah. 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 And again, that's like the nature of, of, of content. Once it's out there, it's like, it's not your property anymore. And and that definitely is something that kills me to this day.
0: Yeah. I actually, uh, that's interesting. You bring that up. I saw a thing a while back about how, when you post your work on Instagram, you technically lose the right to it. And that somebody at one point had made, um, they had made like, a. a art installation that they put in a museum or a gallery or something like that. And, and the whole thing was made up of other people's Instagram pictures. And apparently God. there was no protection against it and it was completely legal. And they were selling pieces for like 500 or a thousand dollars each. And like they, all they did was pull it from Instagram.
1: Oh, God. And, and, wow, and I, I, I heard
0: of that. I don't know how true that is. Like, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that just put this stuff out there to get the views and stuff. So it could totally be fake. Uh, it's not anything I've ever, you know, jumped into fully, but that also goes back to like, uh, you know, you mentioned about Facebook owning Instagram and they've got these lengthy like agreements and all that. So I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how to read through those and make sense of what they're saying. So I hope that's not true.
1: Yeah. And I, well, I think it raises the raises the point. And, and I often, whenever i I find any sort of like, um, contention in, in what I, what I sort of like my, what I preach about on this this platform of, of making sure that artists get credited making sure that artist's work isn't manipulated. It really, those are the two core tenets. Don't fuck with the artist's work and mm. ta- you know, put, repost it as is and tag their name right at the top. Like before right. you've gone into your thing, it's I couldn't boil it down any more simply, but people are still contentious about that and they that people have in the past cited. When you put it up on Instagram, it's no longer yours. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to live by the, by the, the TOS of, of Instagram and say like, well, if Instagram says this is how we're running our lives and then, then that's, well, that's the way I, I govern my life. It's like, let's, let's leave Instagram's terms of service aside and say, is this the right thing to do right. human to human? And, and right. oftentimes, you know, there's no real rebuttal to that to say like, well, you, that's how you govern your life is by what's the terms of service. and, and, I don't know. And again, like I, what I said at the beginning was, you know, anytime there's any sort of negative energy, I, I give my, I give that too much attention. And, and people are still like, really just find ways to argue with me about the fact that I all I want is artists' work to be treated properly on this platform that is so, still so new to us and still so ungoverned, and and it's really up to to us as a community to do the right thing, and to think that. Um, we're gonna rely, again rely too heavily on on the powers that be to create these new rules or whatever. It's like no, no, no. Let's just start at the human level. Let's right. how do we agree that we we're gonna do the right thing here. And so that's really like I try and distill it as, as simple simply as possible because it gets exhausting and, and I you know I, I've my my partner helped me write out some repost rules that are in my story highlights that right. that are super helpful that can be really easily reviewed and have and gotten I even want to go back in and simplify it even more because for some reason it's still not to say that because i put up in my story highlights that the world is going to change but it, right. it, people do want to share it and and really like even people are like oh i'm so grateful that you did this i had no idea and so again back to, to what we were talking about earlier there's a general lack of education around all of this because this is all new to us we didn't right. nobody our parents didn't raise us how to use instagram we are figuring this out as we go and so i think that it's really at least to me it still means a lot to really put a lot of energy in in just educating and and I, i've i've kind of gone through phases in 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 the course of this where i've been really angry and i've let it ruin me my day and and get me really pissed off and then you know fire back at people and they fire back and and trying to soften a bit and just say like all right let me give people the benefit of the doubt and say that they they didn't know or they they're not aware of like a better way to do this and so i'm gonna do that you know offer that a little with a little bit more grace
0: yeah, and I think also like kind of talking about the education and that like you taking the step of putting that up there. You know, you say it won't change the world, but I never thought to do that. But I think if a whole bunch of artists started adding it to you know their platforms, then more people are going to see it. Um, and I also think like I I don't believe that people overall have bad intentions. I think like you said, it's just it's they don't know. They don't know any better. Um, I think it's easy for us to look at it and like for me I know like like I look at it and I say I don't know how you don't understand why stealing this is bad right because like you would never go to a mechanic and be like hey can you replace my entire engine for five dollars because I don't have any more budget you know what I mean
1: I know. I know. So I can give you a ton of examples, like metaphors, like that. that yeah, you know, could hopefully help help people understand my the situation here.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy, but uh, but I, I like that idea a lot. Having the the repost rules and stuff, and I'm lucky enough, at least, maybe I just haven't found the people that are posting my stuff without tagging it. But for the most part, I haven't had any big instances where people are, you know stealing any of my work that I, I typically get credit on it. Uh, mind you, I think that also comes with bigger audiences. I think you're more likely to have that happen then. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's all a double-edged sword for sure. It
1: is without a doubt. And I, and I try and keep it in perspective of thinking like, okay, at the end of the day, I'm still making a living. Even when people are reposting my work or putting right. on their business page to again, to fill the square, because we all just need to post something every day and I'll just grab this person's. And so it's definitely, it forces me to, to really like say how much of this is affecting me. And, and again, I give it, I give it, still give it too much energy even to this day. And I, I, you know, it's whatever, I'm still figuring it out, but I also just think it's the 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 ease of it all and the and the, the lack of human contact that just really spurs all of this this sort of these these bad behaviors is that right. you don't you don't directly see you don't you don't see what what you're doing. So you just you know people do it without consequence and, and I think that, that again being the voice of this and, and being the one who kind of like puts myself up on this this platform to really like be the one who I'll take the negative energy. I'll take the people who say you should walk well then just watermark your work. Like you take all these things that are just like, no, that's not the problem. The problem is that right. people are doing this. I don't I shouldn't be the one who's who's you know have to come up with the solutions for it. The solution is for us to all do the right thing. And so yeah, I don't know. I've become this like this activist in some stupid way where where I'm gonna like it's just really important to me because I'm certainly, I, I've, I've felt it. And I also see a lot of young artists who, who don't feel the confidence to stand up to an account and say like, Hey, this is my work. You need to tag me. Right. And so, you know, giving, giving a little bit of confidence to people is is also feels really, really good. Cause, cause this, we've entered a world where nothing suddenly nothing belongs to you anymore. You don't have any protections. You're it's the wild West. And so like, shit, if you're going to, you're going to carry a gun, I'm going to carry a gun and we're going to like, you know, figure this out here right so yeah it's 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 been interesting and it still feels so it's still so new I mean Instagram's been around for 10 years but I think only a small fraction of that has been the part of the artist creator sort of um, platform being used as and stuff and so yeah we're still in it we're we're writing history right now
0: yeah no and I, I think you know it's, it's a good fight to be fighting. And like you said, if you can give that confidence to whether it's younger creatives or just creatives that don't have that confidence, I think it's important because I think if we, I mean, as with anything, you know, if you get a group of people screaming something, you know, people are going to pay attention. Um, so if they know that it's not just somebody being a stickler about their work, but that it's more of, you know, you shouldn't treat our work that way. I think it definitely has the power to, to change that idea behind it. Yeah, yeah. I
1: appreciate that. Cause sometimes I feel like I'm just beating my head against the wall, but you know, recognizing that like there's these little instances where you, where what you do changes things mm-hmm. and you may not, you may not be able to see it from the whole picture, but right for, for every person that sees my, my repost rules or, 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 I mean, dude, it's, it's insane. Like just this, just, just this morning, a, a fairly big clothing company, they have about a million followers. They reposted my work and they didn't tag me. And I'm not oh, wow. saying that they took it purposefully. And we're like, we're not going to tag Darren. They just, you know, whatever. They found it on Pinterest, which is always the the classic line. I found it on Pinterest. I didn't know whose it was. So I just decided to post it anyway. Anyway, that's like a whole thing. But, (laughs) but people go onto the onto the comment things and at real fun. Wow. At real fun. Wow. At real fun. Wow. And I'm like, man, that's like, that's insane. And and then someone DM me and was like, Hey, they didn't tag you, but he's like, we're, we're all, you know, we, we got a, a, a chain going of like, and so people, they, they hear me say it enough and people who aren't even artists or creatives, are just like, Hey, give this dude credit. And so right. it's, it's, it's picking up with people who aren't even in the industry or don't feel like they need to, to protect themselves. So it's cool. It, it definitely feels like really, it feels really motivating to know that hopefully, you know, we'll come to a point where when my kids, you know, 20 years old, they'll, they'll know damn well to like credit the artists right. um, who, who knows what things are going to be in 20 years. But
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. that That's, that's very cool. So Kind of talking back to social media, then how much time do you spend sort of investing in any like social media marketing tips? Is that anything that you do? Or do you do you kind of just make the work, put it out there and like let the algorithm do what it's going to do?
1: Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, organ, organic uh, put it up. Don't consider um, what time of day I put up. Don't consider. I mean, the only thing I really consider, and this is more just on a personal thing, is like you know how it's going to all look on the on the grid feed, you know, right? I like you know, I like to curate a nice looking space. I even, for the longest time, didn't want a product tag because it puts the little shopping bag in the corner and that like ruined the aesthetic for me. So I get a little like nitpicky with that kind of stuff. But as far as like doing the right thing or doing the thing that is meant to sort of boost your, your following. I definitely don't. And I even got to a point I hated, God, man, for the longest time, I hated hashtags. I think they were so (laughs) ugly. They, they just like from like a more of a, just again, everything's kind of centered around design for me and what things look like and how things, you know, appear. And I just hated the fact that I had to put this mess of hashtags. I always thought they should do like a, a little drop down where like hide the hashtags. And if people right. want to see them, they can go to them, but you know, And then we started doing the thing where we put dot, 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 dot mm. hashtags. So people kind of adapted trying to figure out ways to make it work. And then eventually one day I just stopped using hashtags. And I mean, that got, I was at a point where I felt confident enough that my work would still be seen without using hashtags. And I felt so unburdened when I had to like stop, Putting hashtag art and hashtag illustration and all these things, and so that was more like for me, like you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to do this anymore, and I'll right. see, I'll suffer the consequences. And it doesn't seem to have had any noticeable effect. But again, like it, it's terrible to feel like you have to do things that you don't actually want to do because of some other system, and so it's unfortunate. And I tried, I tried um, very early on. Um, I I spent a little bit of money on ads, like you know maybe like fifty bucks total across right. a couple of posts. And didn't notice any sort of return on that. Yeah, in fact, somebody BS. DM'd me and was like, "This is this is ridiculous that you're paying for advertisements. You're you're basically blaming me for being the one who's perpetrating how this platform. You basically have to pay to play at this point, mm-hmm. and like I shouldn't see your work in my feed because you paid for it. Uh, I should. That's you know that's taking away from the organic nature of artists and stuff and. I don't know. I mean, I just was trying it out. I wasn't certainly going to become like this business that gets you know clogged up in your feet all the time. So right. I dabbled a little bit and found that, you know what, I'm just going to keep kind of doing what I, what kind of got me here from the first place. And I think, you know, just to, to, to really like give a sense of how I've risen to the level that I have is, I think a hundred percent, the fact that my work is repostable and the fact mm-hmm. that people want to, want to share it and to me it's still like it's still something that's hard for me to to understand that somebody would want to put i guess because I'm a creative and I want to create my own original content the fact that someone would want to put my work in their feed a place that I feel like is reserved for your own personal thing more god bless them because they're the ones who've gotten me to where I am but it's amazing to know that people like resonate with something so specifically that they feel a level of attachment to it that they want to put it in their thing. It's just, it, it's just weird. Or even when they use it as their profile photo, which I'm not cool with at all because of that to me is just like blatant theft. And you've taken a space that should be the most personal thing, like your face and put my image on there and didn't even have the consideration to say like, Hey, do you mind if I do this? And just right. to take it. So it always, it's still like, I don't care if I have 25 million followers. If I see someone's my work on someone's profile photo, I'm going to DM them and say, Hey, This is how I make a living. Can you please take this off your profile photo? Like you didn't ask permission and I'm getting no compensation for this. And so just these little things that do kind of, those are like those eat up more time than me contemplating marketing. It's just basically like yelling at people.
0: (laughs) Well, again, I mean, somebody's got to do it, right? We got to get people to know. So, um, well, and I think it was interesting. You were talking about that, the person that DM'd you with your ad blaming you for like, (laughs) Like believe me I don't want to have to pay to get <laughs> you, anybody to see my work. I'm not happy yeah. about it either, but if that's the way they're going to do it, like I'm not just going to sit by idly and let my business suffer from it, you know?
1: Yeah, and there's there's all this there's all this like kind of um, this this f- f- this this feeling of that that these platforms owe us anything. The right. fact that that we get on this platform for free and we can build an entire career from it and then then they still owe us more that's that's stupid that that's ridiculous and i think that that's like um that's definitely like kind of another core of of problems of how we are so distorted and we think that these things these companies that all they want is our data and all they want to do is sell us things anyway that they that we're somehow they're obligated to us in in any way possible
0: yeah I, i think it just goes back to the difference between like the consumers and the creators So like it's a different if you're just on Instagram for personal use, then I mean, I guess I can I guess I can see the perspective of like, I don't want to see your work if I'm not following you. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I mean, at the same time, how is anybody like if you never see anything new, you're never going to find anything new you're interested in. So like, I don't know. That's that's yeah, just well, so again, interesting. People just
1: like, think that they, they're going to get it a certain way, and if it's any other way than what they anticipated, then they have some reason to be upset when this was all just, this was not, nothing. This just came into your life one day, and you think you have any sort of control over it is foolish.
0: Right, yeah. Interesting, very interesting. So... You, you said you kind of have thoughts on social media etiquette. Um, so like in your mind, what specifically falls under that category? Is it just kind of what we've been talking about with sort of like, you know, giving credit where it's due or is there more that falls under that?
1: No, I think that's pretty much it. And, and yeah. I really like, again, tried to really like reduce it to its core essence and, and only because I experience it so much and see it see the prevalence of it so much. And especially I would say the biggest perpetrators are businesses who, and not, you know, of of any scale, really. I mean, I've seen it, you know, with, with huge followings and really small followings and, and people often DM me and say, Hey, can I, can I share your work? And, and my, you know, my, my gut reaction is often, you want to share my work so you get more clicks. So you get more likes, so you get into the algorithm more like you want to use my work to boost your business. Right. Never, never in human history has that been an option. Again, back to the madman example, they wouldn't just go to Madison Avenue and say, can we, can we put your work up? Cause we want, we know you're a really reputable design firm. No, you pay them and they create something for you. And so right. of course it's not viable to say like, well, yeah, pay me five bucks and, I, and you can put up my post on, on Instagram. Like it's just, I'd rather just, no, don't like Don't, don't use my work that I created to sell your product. And so that's that's definitely like one of the bigger ones. But then on a more, more smaller scale, it's like people that just want to repost the work. Um, it, yeah, it just as simple as uh, my partner you know, loves copywriting and loves really like coming up with like, you know, ways to really make things succinct. And then basically it's tag the artist first. Like, right. The, it's really simple and, and people get so, they still find it so hard because it's like, no, but I'm posting this, like, I, I'm like, you know, just this, it's so hard for people to, to really, not for everybody. Cause some people are like, can't wait to shout your name from the rooftop. But for right. the most part, it's like this thing that still bothers me. And again, it's, it feels like it's getting trivial, but it's, but it still, it still hits me is I, I see it a lot as um, my, my post and then uh, maybe they write something. And then like the way we do the hashtags, dot, 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 right, dot right. buy at real fun. Wow so you're not seeing when you, sc- when you're scrolling through the feet, you're not seeing that unless you hit more and it brings it up and you see the artist's name. So like, why did you do that? Why, why did you feel like you needed to credit me in a place where it's not super obvious? Is it cause maybe you want, you don't want the, att- like, I don't know. It's so you could deep it. You could t- dig so deeply psychologically as to why these people do this sort of thing. But at mm. the end of the day, it's disrespectful. And I think right. that it, it just, it shouldn't be done. And then the other tenant of that is the editing of people's work and that being, um, you know, you open the, you open your Instagram and, and you open the photo, and then at the bottom there's filters, which I haven't, you know, I, I don't know. It's funny that people still edit their photos on in Instagram, but <laughs> they wanna they wanna just press whatever X Pro two, and now it gives it like a little vignette around the side, and 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 they they do that, and then they post it, and then now my work is being misrepresented. Now someone reposts that and reposts that and reposts that, and and then it, that still kills me because now that lives. There forever, and people are re-tagging me and reposting me, or even editing that edited version. So it's even more like crunchy and chopped up, and and then it just becomes this like it spins out of control. And so that's another thing, like you said, like you can't understand how somebody would think it's okay to edit someone's work. I had somebody recently who just like put like a yellow kind of like a yellow overlay on my work, mm-hmm. and I I wrote to them and was like, hey, can you take this down? And they were like, well, we 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 liked it we thought it had more of a um i forget how they phrase it but it was it was really annoying and it said something like uh, that this is like more personal to us now and it's just like that's not how that works like that's right. not that's not that's you not don't get to just it. take
0: whatever you want and and make it you know quote more personal to you
1: yeah, yeah. exactly and so i don't know that'll ever be some sort of like you know the only example i can think of and i don't know that it could ever happen with social media or with instagram but in the sense of you know i you, the way you post a video online on youtube and you put you know a, a whatever a kendrick lamar song you're that shit's getting taken down immediately because the right. algorithm or the whatever the ai software can recognize that like it'd be amazing and i don't that's really like holding out high hopes for it but that it would somehow recognize it visually and give you more protections around and stuff but i yeah. think that's a bit of a long shot
0: it might be uh i don't know i mean people are if we if we make it a big enough deal, maybe they'll listen and and do it. Because I'm sure it, technologically,
1: somebody can probably figure that out. Yeah, it's I mean, more there's just an, image an implementation. Search you can do with Google where you can reverse image search stuff. So there's obviously right. a way to recognize that and everything. But yeah, it's just you know, it's like it, again, it's like it shouldn't ha- shouldn't have to be that way. I, I would like to yeah. think that there's more education at the start of it all. Um, but you know, people have people have people do things without much consideration, and that's how we end up in these situations.
0: Right. Right. Well, so then looking at social media and kind of how, you know, you you talked about how that's sort of like, like this is your business now. So you're running a business through, through Instagram and not only Instagram, but you know, that's a big part of it. How do you sort of approach social media? Is it, is it still a personal thing for you where you're kind of putting your work out there and you're letting the business follow or do you approach it from more of a business perspective to begin with?
1: Um, I would say kind of a bit of both, and I and I and I recognize when I do things really businessy, they don't they don't hit as well, and so. Right. I just recently acquired some some really beautiful um, like frame mock-ups. And mm-hmm. I know you had touched on this uh, in the first episode where you were posting work and then you posted like kind of a, like a you know, selling a print basically and, right. and, and sort of illustrating the fact that this is meant to be held, uh, hung in your home and, and here's here's how it could look and stuff. Right. And I notice when I do that, those posts don't do nearly as well, but I still see the importance in them because I can't necessarily quantify exactly. Uh, you know, you can only tell by the likes. I can't tell because I put this up. I sold well, actually I can sort of see that some some direct correlation between sometimes when I post a mock-up and I sell the print immediately. It's like, okay, cool, that worked. But for the most part, when I just put art in the square right there, it, it does so much better because um, I think people stop on it more because it's more, it's it's more visually striking than it would be, you know, the way we just fucking fling our finger up and down the screen. And if right. you see a photo frame, you're not going to stop and be like, Oh, what's in that photo frame. And so right. I can, I consider that element of it a little bit. Um, but really at the end of the day, I do want to just, I still get excited about sharing my art and I want to do that in a, in a purely organic way and then trust that sales will follow. Or also the fact that I produce so much work that I'm not like, Oh God, if this print doesn't sell, then I'm, uh, I'm out of luck. And so right. really just kind of just, it still does feel, at the end of the day, like I get, I still get excited about sharing my work and feeling, you know, validation and feedback from people. And so it's definitely like kind of one foot in in each side. And and again, like I said, when I have to put on the business hat, where once I've posted something, if it's a new product and people have questions about it, stuff that I felt like I covered within the caption, or it was very clear where to go to get this thing or all these things that, you know, you recognize when you become a, 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 a business person, man, people, people have a tendency to not read signs, not read instructions to not like really pay attention. And then just, they have the, the moment where they can just be like, Hey, where do I find this? And I'm like, right. Oh. And then I can't, I'm a wise ass. I, I have low tolerance <laughs> for bullshit. And I, 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 I mean, I get in trouble sometimes cause I'm like, people are like you're really rude and you're really mean. And I'm like, I'm, I'm an artist. And then I, I become this, like somebody, <laughs> somebody recently said that like, I, uh, I'm, I forget what it was pretentious and entitled or something like that. And somebody said, that's his brand voice. And I cracked I <laughs> up when I saw that. And then the next day I put up a post about that and was like, it's not my brand voice. It's my voice, but I happen to have a brand. And so like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to like, you know, sugarcoat things and be all like nice. And, and, you know, I try, I try to give, you know, be kind to people, of course, right. but if someone is, you know, whatever, I just, I, 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 and again, I think, like you said, the kind of the, the honesty or the, the the sort of the transparency of it is is part of the appeal for me. People like applaud me when I'm when I'm you know not putting up with bullshit and stuff. So it definitely feels really good because sometimes I'm like, oh my god, I could like just ruin my career by like right comment being rude to people and, and people would just be like you know what screw that guy but then i then i push through it and i do it and i feel better and then i see like oh man look at all the likes that my 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 sarcastic response got and right like, yeah people just kind of like that honesty and and you know we live in a world where most things are curated and most things are at a point where it's so saccharine and, and fake that they they like kind of the, the rawness of it right
0: yeah very interesting So what would be your biggest advice to someone if they're looking to pursue art or graphic design full time? Is there anything that you kind of like wish you knew whenever you were kind of starting this thing?
1: Oh, I think that, I think that, and it it is maybe like kind of jumping, jumping further down the question than you ask. But I think that's the thing that um, definitely caught up to me in a really like, hard-hitting way was, was the, really the business side of thing was the, was the professional side of things where, you know, you you start an Etsy page and you're like, oh, I'm just selling my little crochet things. And the next thing you know, like you get a huge order from Macy's, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> bad example all around, Cro- <laughs> selling crochets on Etsy to, to Sears or Macy's. Uh, but I, and then, and then suddenly like what I found was like, oh my God, like this has gotten bigger than I thought it was going to. And now I have to go back. And I, and I like, very late in the game filed for, um, for like, you know, uh, an LLC and, and, right. and now have an accountant and all these things that ended up being like such a mess up, up front. And then having to do all this, like work back, back to get, to get it in order. And again, I know it's like kind of hard to say, like, I'm just starting a, in a, a, graphic design, little like graphic design studio. I don't need an accountant. I don't need an LLC. I don't need right. like all these things you may not feel like you need it, but when you, when you get that stuff, I personally felt so much more validated and so much more like uh, legitimate. And when I think you can make yourself feel legitimate, then it gives you that, like, you know, that kind of, like you said, that professionalism, that, that way that the business managers walk around and feel like, no, like I hear like getting really just getting like your business, your temple in order, your business temple. Cause then you can say like, again, my partner is super great at like setting up, um, Uh, business practices and ways that you can, um, like with every email I'd get, I just respond to them individually. And, and, you know, instead of just like, here is a spreadsheet, or here's a PDF of how I work, please read this. And then, you know, if you want to continue to work, we'll, we'll go down that road. So I think it's kind of, building gates around your business a little bit and, and being, having a gatekeeper where, you know, you're not getting, cause everybody wants your time and people always right. want to like keep you on an email thread and all this stuff. And so to be able to just kind of send stuff out and have it all done and then let people the, the most, like the most people I've had such a pleasure of working with have really, really firm boundaries. I think that's kind of way to distill it is just like, don't be so open that you're going to get taken advantage of having firm boundaries of like deciding how do you want to work? What's your, what's your, what's your Um, what's your, your standard way you like to work? I, I give, I give, um, you know, um, I'll I'll deliver five assets. I'll give you two rounds of revisions, you know, just really like laying it all out. What feels best for you and and setting out, you know, pricing structures that feel really good and really, again, just, just really the, the, the least artistic side of it all. You have to you have to get good at unfortunately the business side of things, and it's going to make you you know it's going to bring in the work that you want, and it's going to make you just feel so much more empowered, because when you feel like oh god I don't know what I'm doing, that shit comes across to the client.
0: Right, right, yeah, and I think that's great advice because uh, you know like you said, like if we're, we're creatives, you know, we don't want necessarily to be doing those things. Uh, but one, making sure it doesn't, you know, bite you in the butt whenever you, you get deep into your career, but also just sort of having things structured like that, I think is going to make room for you to be able to do more of what you want to do by kind of having that in order from the beginning. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, again, like it's not, it's something that, um, requires you to put aside all of your, well, I mean, it's requires some creative energy, but putting aside your artistic energy and focusing like, Oh my God, my eyes just start to cross when I have to open (laughs) Google docs and write any kind of like anything that isn't, you know, lines and shapes and stuff that I can organize in a graphic way is just like, it's so hard, but when it's done, man, then you can just like send off, you know, a Google link or, or whatever a PDF and it's just like, man, it's right out of the way. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's also like hard to know, you know, I think it's being really clear with what you want to do, um, within that field. And also like having really firm boundaries around what you don't do more than what you do do. Um, and I, and I, I got to a point where I didn't, I was doing logos, you know, early on and and I just, I never found any pleasure in it because it's, it's, it's really personal and it's such a, you know, at the end of the day, it's rarely are you going to be left in that logo? It's like, it becomes the client's logo. And that's, you know, that's the whole point. And that's the whole process. But I just, I was getting so sick of doing them. And I was like, well, you know, again, need the money, gotta, gotta bring in the income. And then I got to a point where I just like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to stop doing this. And then I actually stole this idea from another designer and I'm sure it's fine because it's, I'm sure other people are doing it, but I just create, I, I like the process of designing logos. And so I created a logo shop where I just kind of busted out these very like stock you know, kind of open to interpretation logos, nothing too right. specific, could Could easily be applied to any business. Opened up a big cartel shop, put them in there. When you buy them, I, I send you the file, I take down the logo and it's yours and it's super clean. I offer no feedback or no no uh, revisions. You just don't even email me about anything. You're, you're purchasing this logo as is and being like heavy, heavy boundaries around that. Like there's no room for well, could you do it? And it's like, no, like fully no, like, and I'll right. easily, I'll easily like walk away from, you know, just say, I'm not interested anymore. And so again, just kind of like setting up these really, really firm boundaries around that. And, and I got to still kind of put a little creative energy into creating logo work. And I don't, I'm not okay, beholden to to clients and it's super, super um, easy. And yeah, so again, just really, it's just being, knowing exactly what you want to do and sticking to it.
0: Right, absolutely, yeah.
1: Well, with
0: that, I think we're going to wrap up today's show. I really appreciate you sitting down and talking to me today. But where can everyone find your work, Darren?
1: Uh, It's realfunwow.com and then on Instagram at realfunwow. And I'm super excited. I won't take up too much more time, but I I have a book coming out at the end of the month, something I've wanted to do for a really long time, a little coffee table book. Uh, it's 204 pages of my work. There are no words in it. Cause I don't like books with words. And so <laughs> it's just a beautiful, like linen bound, um, die, die cut, um, letter pressed cover. And, and I've, I've put a lot of money into it. And, uh, if I sell all the books, I'll, I'll, just about make the money back um but it's really to me it's such a such a um i'm so i'm so excited about it and just again talking about how things kind of age and things are around for a long time i hope that you know when people get this in their hands that that it'll just kind of be around for a really long time and and break in and age really well and stuff so i'm I'm super stoked on that so um, i'll be announcing that in probably a few weeks
0: cool yeah if you're listening to this episode in the future that will have the link down below for you to go check that out and any of the things that we talked about today any resources or any of his Instagram website all that stuff all that as always will be linked in the podcast notes so make sure to go down there check that out and check out his work uh, it's he's got tons of it like 2,400 <laughs> posts so make sure you go check it out there's a lot of really awesome designs on there I'm a big fan Thanks, of a big fan of your work um, appreciate that it
1: yeah such a, I'm so glad we got this chance man I, I feel like we I could Easily keep going with you for sure, but maybe you know down the road when we have new stuff to talk about, we can pick it up again.
0: Absolutely, I would love to have you on again. We'll set it up. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, yeah.
1: Michael. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Thank you again, Darren, for joining me today, and and thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Creatively Brief. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and follow us on social media at Creatively Brief. I'll be back next week with another episode, but until then, have a great week, everyone. I'll talk to you guys in the next one.